You are listening to Shit I Got to Say on Open Lines Radio. Follow Lisa O on Instagram at Shit I Got to Say. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. Check out Shit I Got to Say on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search for Shit I Got to Say with Lisa O. Listen to them all there. And uh, be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Shit I Gotta Say. Enjoy!
Hey, this is Lisa, Lisa O, and uh, it's my second podcast, and I have shit to say, lots of it. So, um, I'm still nervous. I had to go to the bathroom like three times before I got on. Tonight, I'm in my room because um, my kids are home, my son's downstairs, and He's 14 and he doesn't go to bed till late and I didn't want to be interrupted this time. And just so you know, um, my son does help me out with the IT stuff, but he doesn't hear or listen to anything. He knows that I'm um, gross <laughs> and inappropriate and that this is uh, lots of adult content. So before you have it on in the car with your kids, or in the kitchen, uh, you know, there's a picture of me with a big J in my mouth and I swear and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Sometimes I don't remember. I have to had to listen to the last po podcast because I was so nervous. Anyways, so first thing um, I wanted to go over was last last week's podcast. I got a lot of good feedback. Um, it didn't go out until, I don't know, I think Wednesday or Tuesday night and uh like for me, just being some well-end mom, 46-year-old widow, I'm happy with my results. I couldn't be happier, especially because Maria Danford liked the tweet in which I sent my podcast to her. And she's one of my idols. She has a mental illness as well. Um, and she's on Netflix, Lady Dynamite. And she's super weird, but so am I and that's the beauty of uh being a little bit different I guess I know we all are but some of us are a little more different than others <laughs> okay so um quickly I wanted to go over uh, a few light no forget that I'll start with the big shit so I still have um questions for my friends to answer uh, who asked me this one? Biggest, oh, I think this is from my friend Kate from Toronto. Fancy lady. Uh, worked with her at On The Move when I was in my 20s. Oh my God. In Toronto. Good times. We were together on 9-11 on Bloor Street West. I just remembered that. Weird day. Long time ago. Anyways, so Kate asked me, what is my biggest worry for myself? And I would say that right now, okay, aside, outside of dying before my kids, oh, no, I'm going to die before my kids, but I don't want to die until like Jagger's at least in his 30s, Patricia too, preferably. Um, I just want to make sure that they're on their way. As long as I know that they have me as long as they need me, and they're safely on their way and I can see them grow up for a while um, I'd be really happy with that so um, yeah I'm afraid of dying before they're adults I don't want them to be fucking orphans because uh, if if I do die just for the record they're going to my friend Paula I don't have my will yet Paula Wilkes anyways um, okay so I think one of the big fears that I have just for Lisa is that um, that I'm gonna be lonely I hate the pain of an emptiness of loneliness I like being alone but I don't like being lonely um, yeah it was really awesome to be embraced and loved and Craig was basically my first boyfriend I was 24 he's the only person I've ever been with but I did kiss a boy the day before my broken heart syndrome. <laughs> that really helped me get through it, I must say. Shout out to the Tinder boy, truck driver. I almost got into a car accident because on my first day back to work after my heart incident, <laughs> I saw a truck and I went to look and see if it was him and I almost drove into the truck. So, yeah, I'm a little bit of a spaz. I got boys on the brain and I'm 46 turning on 16 so okay let's move away from that 
Um, yeah, I don't want to be alone. I got a lot of love to give. My kids move. I want to have an intimate relationship with somebody again one day. I only was fucking intimate for like 15 years. <laughs> I hadn't had an, I'm going to say a love kiss. One of the people that I used to support with Down syndrome used to call open mouth kissing love kisses. And I never had a love kiss for like seven years until uh, the night before. Okay, so it was January 7th. And it was mighty fine. At first, I was scared to kiss somebody because I thought it was going to remind me of Craig and that I would cry. But I didn't. And I was really happy. <laughs> so let's move on from that. I didn't, I didn't go crazy. Don't worry. <laughs> Not that anybody's worried, but whatever. Okay, somebody else asked me. Earliest memory. What was my earliest memory? Mm. Okay, now I gotta light up. I pre-rolled some cigarettes. I'm in my room with the windows open. Some candles going. <laughs> some incense burning. I'm not a hippie, but I sound like one. Okay. Earliest memory. Oh, I remember. Okay, I'm 46, so this is pretty cool. I remember taking a bath with my former mother. I say former because we're estranged for over five years now. In forever. It's over. Closed. Me and Zora are finished. So anyways, Zora was taking a bath with me because I think at that time she loved me because, you know, I was a baby. So I was just laying in between her legs and I remember her 70s bush <laughs> and the white bathtub. I remember looking up at the bathtub and seeing the top of the white bathtub and the blue baby blue tiles with the white grout. I also remember one of my first dreams. I dreamt that somebody kidnapped my mom out of our bathroom and it was the cast of Happy Days. <laughs> it was the 70s. Marion Ross, Mrs. C had something to do with it. That's all I remember. Uh, so that was one of the memories was my mom's badge in the bathtub. Sure, she going to love that. Um, weird dream. Um, and my friend last week, my friend Miriam, had asked me what was uh, some of my happiest memories, either being in Mansfield or in Osheski. And I realized that the answers I gave had nothing to do with like my immediate family from when I was a child. And I don't have any good memories of just the four of us together. Um, the best times were at my, uh, at my Polish grandparents with the four of us, because my Polish grandparents, I could do whatever I wanted there. They fucking loved me. It was great. Uh, yeah, we had awesome times. Easter was wicked. It was just a little bit scary when my, my grandmother had a mental illness. She wasn't diagnosed, but she most certainly did. She was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and... Paco, my father, who's a much angrier, bitter person than she was and didn't live through the war like she did. Um, he's also Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but uh, there's not much range there anymore. I think the two have kind of blended into one. He used to hit me until I was 24. I think the last time he hit me, I was 20, 23. So... I don't have warm fuzzies, but whatever. That's another story. We'll move on from that. Um, but anyways, after my Polish grandpa died, his name was Maximilian Oszewski, born in 1913 in Germany. I don't think it was Nuremberg. I don't know. He was born in Germany. He was captured by the Germans in the war. And I, this is what I believe. I heard an interview or I read a transcript where my Aunt Lena interviewed him. I can't find it anymore. It's been 20 years. But the Germans captured him and he had to drive a tank. They kept him because he was blonde and blue-eyed, spoke German and Polish, and they got him to drive tanks. And I think he accidentally killed uh, a kid in the tank. I have to ask my Aunt Lena, but I know 
there was at least one fatality because of him. But anyways, my grandpa Max was awesome. He was super cool. He always had fucking bubble gum in his pocket. He always smelled like booze because, yeah, he was an alcoholic too. Um, as was, as was my grandmother. Um, but it was hard for my grandpa to live with my grandmother, I'm sure, because she was paranoid and really volatile. I'll tell more stories about her. She is fucking fabulous. I couldn't pick a better character. I have two wicked characters for grandmothers, Femia and Mario. Unbelievable. Um, anyways, all the magic of childhood died when my grandpa O died when I was eight. <laughs> Whatever. I had, it was pretty good until then, minus my dad and my mom. Well, my dad mostly. Um, I wanted to tell you guys, whoever's listening, all five of you, that um, next weekend, next Saturday, I'm picking up my Bubba from Niagara Falls. She's turning 91 in Jan. Ugh, sorry, uh, July 26th or 29th. I can't remember because I'm 46 and I smoke too much weed and widow's thog, whatever. Anyways, I'm bringing my Bubba over. She's only been to my house once before a big deal she's coming from Niagara Falls to Welland I'm gonna make lunch and then we're gonna hang out with the kids and then kick the kids out and then I'm gonna interview my Bubba for the podcast and that should be really interesting um and if my if my aunt Sandy comes uh it might sound like an episode of the Sopranos I I'm just warning you because she yells and they yell and but my grandmother's gonna talk about the war she was a gorilla at some point. Um, she was on a death list. I think Horatians wanted to kill her because she was uh, oh, she was on some death list. I think she was a communist at the time. I don't know. My grandpa was a communist for sure, but I can't. I know she grew up Baptist, but I think at this time when she was 16, she had to run away because the Croatians were going to kill her. Calvin. That's my nephew. He's Croatian. I love him. Um, stupid, stupid fighting between Croatia and Serbia and Bosnia, Herzegovina. It's so fucked up over there. Everywhere. Anyways, another subject. Um, yeah, so she's going to tell us how old she was when she came to Canada, uh, where she was born. It's a big mystery. Like, I can't tell. Grandma, were you born? Where were you born, Grandma? Russia, Czech Republic, Carpathian Mountains. So I don't know. I don't know where she in some village that I can't understand. I she writes it out. I don't know what the letters are. So I'll see if my aunt can help us out. If there's not too much yelling involved, like I said, Sopranos. Um, and maybe she could talk about my grandpa Novak, Novak Delovich. He looked like he sounds. He was all muscle. He had bullet holes in his, I think in his, he had holes in his stomach and in his arms and his one hand was crippled because he was shot in it and he was supposed to get his arm amputated and he took off because he didn't want to lose his arm. So his hand was always like in a claw and he'd yell, you son of a bitch and slam the table, but he'd go, I, I'm not comfortable yet imitating him, but one day I will. I'm really good at imitating, just not yet. Um, okay, so blah, blah, blah. That's what my grandma's going to talk about. Bubba, Femia, Ganger, Delovich. All right, so um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was... Uh, oh, um, after... I listened to my podcast, I realized that I didn't really list that many triggers. It sounded kind of lame. And then I realized that I have so many more. Like when, uh, okay, say I remember walking in the subway and if some guy was screaming and yelling, I kind of freak out because, uh, well, Pappy used to yell at me all the time and yell at my brother and my mother and it just wasn't a happy memory, right? Okay, so that's the problem for me, a trigger, if you will. Um, I thought I was okay with that shit because, like, I'm 46, and the last time he hit me, I was 23. And I haven't seen him 
in the flesh. I don't know, like, my brother died nine years ago. I went to a wedding where I saw them, I guess it was five years ago. I don't know. Craig's been dead for four, almost. Yeah, I guess I saw him like six years ago. But we don't talk at all. And I got a call on December 17th telling me from an aunt who doesn't really call me. And I don't think she really likes me. She never has. But she got a call from Zora, birth mom, telling her to call me, to tell me to get my kids and myself out of my house because my dad was going to come and beat me up, come and get me. They, she didn't say beat me up. She said, come and get you. She said, get out of the house right now. And she was out of breath and upset. She might deny it now, but that's what she said that day. Anyways, uh, I was like a fucking noodle. That's when I realized, oh, I'm still fucked up. I didn't know what to do. I was running up and down the stairs and I was sweating. I, I don't think I was sweating, but I was like, oh, I fell. It cuts on my leg. I didn't know what to do. And my dad, like, he beat me up a lot. He chased me down the street. Uh, like, he's old. He's, like, born in 1947. But I'm not really... I don't want to be in a violent situation ever again. I don't want anybody to yell at me and call me a fucking bird brain and a loser and white trash and try to hit me in front of my kids. You know, like, that part of my life is over. Like, the day I moved out was the day he stopped hitting me and the day that he stopped calling me names to my face. But now that Craig's gone, um, I don't know, he got drunk. He came here anyways. He got drunk in the car. I called the police that day and the cops came. He, before the cops came, oh, the cops came because I told them that he was an abuser. He's beaten up my mom a few times. He beat up my brother so many times. He made my brother piss his pants when he was 17 years old. He made my brother take the door off his room. He said, what do you need privacy for? He's fucking 17. He's a guy. He crushed my brother's spirit. It was horrible. Anyways, that's another subject. Whole chapter on my poor brother. And I just could go on and on about my former parents. And that's kind of negative. So I'm not going to do that. That's just a little insight into some of my triggers so yeah hate yelling violence towards women and children especially in movies men too of course but specifically those uh domestic looking situations that kind of take me back um any abusive dads any of that crap um oh yeah so anyways he wrote me a letter and he he said that uh, you're not as good as you think you are and uh, that, uh, uh, who cares? He was calling Craig and I names and wanted to make sure that I didn't think that I was too good. So that's always nice to hear. Like, I like that. I like it that, you know, I like it that he got in the car drunk and drove here angrily, like 30 minutes away. And then he pounded on the door while me and my son and my daughter were locked in my bedroom hiding. And I was on the phone with 911 and Jagger could hear him pounding on the door. Um, so whatever, he left, cops talked to me and he better not come near me ever again because I will press charges. He was in jail for beating up my aunt in the 80s. He beat up my, my aunt in front of her kids. It's fucking horrible. Sick. And uh, whatever. Paco has no remorse. Paco takes no responsibility. Everybody else is fucked up but Paco. So bye-bye, Paco. Bye-bye, Zora. Um coping oh one more thing that's a trigger for me being around people in extreme physical pain or chronic pain I can't stand it I think it's because I live with I'm stuttering Craig sometimes I get stuck on my words when I'm anxious uh I think from living with Craig and always being hyper aware of how he was feeling 
I could tell when he had a headache. I could tell when his arms were hurting. I could tell everything. It was fucking horrible. Not for me, for him, but because I cared for him and loved him. And I had to watch him in so much pain every fucking day for so long. Um, it's now really hard for me to be around people who are sick. I, I, I baby them. I, I, I'm annoying. I'm like, can I do something for you? Do you want me to get the cane for you? <laughs> but, ugh, yeah, that's, I don't like being, and I see it all the time. Uh, and another trigger is the neighborhood that I work in. I'm like in a really good mood. I'm fucking singing in the car, <laughs> puffing on my vape drinking my coffee and then I turn onto Queenston Street and there's always like cops car cop cars flashing or some really cracked out you know sex worker or homeless person digging in the mud looking for change that isn't there and the thing that they're digging up like this guy thought he was digging up change he was talking to me I was talking to him. I asked him if he was okay. He was on the floor digging up. He thought he had buried change in the ground. So I asked him if he needed any help. Because I didn't see any... It was fucking cold. It was muddy. And he had his bare hands in the mud. And his fingers were underneath the roots of the tree. And it was freezing. And his hands were pink. And it it made me sick. Um... So I asked him if he needed any help, and he told me that he had $150, and he got really high the night before, and he buried it there, and he he needed to find it because he had no money. So whatever, I was helping him look, but there was no fucking money there. Um, There's stuff like that in my neighborhood all the time, like so much mental illness and addiction in my work neighborhood. Um... It's really painful. And that, sometimes when I go to work, that's when I'll think about my brother. Like, say, uh, a couple times a month I'll go to work and I'll just think, I'm so glad he's not suffering anymore. Like, I'm glad he's not living on the street like those people are. I'm glad he's not waking up every day alone and suffering and confused and paranoid and neglected. Um, he was neglected until it was too late but they didn't know how to help him they never accepted that he had a mental illness his was worse than mine he was diagnosed as bipolar in 1997 and it got worse he stopped taking his meds. He would he would take his meds and he would do well. And anyways, when he died, I know he wasn't taking his meds because like I got the cops to send me his knapsack and all his pills were in there. And I found a recipe that he had made to kill himself, I think. It was like take sixty gravol plus vodka plus this and it was really weird. And he used to buy this fucking stuff called Imovane. He was addicted to it. And he was afraid to move out of Vancouver because he didn't think he'd be able to get Imovane. It's called Zopaclone too. It's a it's a sleeping pill or a sedative. And he used to um, break it into quarters because he was so anxious. So he would take it. I think he took it like... I want to say like every 15 minutes or every every hour it was it was not less than once an hour like he took it a minimum of once an hour and when he went for a cigarette he went for a cigarette like every five minutes oh okay that's enough about Adam I'll talk more about him another time he just fucking suffered and it's a pooper subject so okay <laughs> remember the fun we had last week all right let's go on um okay so coping skills that was another question people were asking me about my variety of mental illnesses 
they're not that bad, but they're not that good. Like, I've had depression and anxiety fucking severe forever. I don't know who I am without it. I don't know what, I don't know any other way. I operate at a very high frequency, even when I'm drinking and smoking or not cigarettes anymore because I don't do the nicotine because of the, the, um, something like a heart attack episode. And one day I won't be smoking weed. I'll just be vaping it or I don't know, eating it or something, but I like smoking so much. Okay. So that's enough about that. Um, oh, coping. I write in my journal, not all the time, but page here and there whenever I feel like I like I'm desperate I uh well I'm always in counseling I haven't been in counseling lately because I can't afford it my counselor was like $110 an hour she was really really good and now I can get counseling for free with work um and I'm also being referred to a social worker because of my broken heart syndrome I have to manage my stress a little better so I'm going to be seeing a social worker in the Niagara Falls General Hospital at some point. Um, so counseling. And that's risky because you don't know who you're going to get. I got this one doctor who yelled at me because I was crying. <laughs> and then who cares? I told her off later. I just said, I think you were in a bad mood and you took your anger out on me because I was late. And she was like, I am a trained psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor from South Africa for 20 years, women's, women's college hospital. And I just said, I don't care. I think you're having a bad day and you took it out on me. You got to be careful because if you're not that strong mentally and you go see some counselor who doesn't really think twice about what they're saying to you. Like if I was sicker than I was when I went that day. I could have got out of there and jumped in front of the subway. Like, I was pretty upset, but I knew that she was wrong. Like, you know, after talking about it and filtering it, I realized she was wrong. So even professionals can be wrong. It's hard to find a good counselor. It's hard to find good medication. Self-care is not fucking easy. It's hard to keep your appointments. It's hard to keep exercising, eating right. But that's what you got to do. Um, I also want to mention that, um, when I was, ugh, before Craig died, I, um, started to, this is really friggin' embarrassing. I don't care. Well, I do, but I don't care. <laughs> I say I don't care because in a way I don't because people do this and it's the truth and that's why I'm here. But I do care because I don't want people to think I'm a freakish, self-abusing lunatic and call facts on me or something like that, but... This is like, uh, okay, so Craig's been gone three and a half years. So this is about four and a half years ago. At January, four years ago, I, things were horrible here. My house was falling apart. Craig was literally dying in front of me. My kids needed me. I was working, I started out working three jobs and then I couldn't do it because he got sick. And then I went down to two jobs and he was so sick and confused that I couldn't really leave him alone with the kids. So I went down to one job and that was the March of Dimes. Um, yeah. So I forgot where I was going about that. I don't like that feeling that I have. Oh, that's right. Mental breakdown. So I started to like feel like I had no control. I had no control and I was so lonely. I had no one to talk to. My family um, abandoned me. And the people that didn't abandon me didn't really understand what was going on here. Craig's parents were involved at the time and they were supportive. His siblings did not understand. were not supportive either. His nieces and nephews were wonderful. And I love them so much. Um, but everything changes after your husband dies when you're the in-law. That's okay. Good things come from bad things, right? Right, motherfucker? Okay, so, um, you can call Quest. That's like a, an emergency crisis line. Um, and 
because I'm not rich, and especially back then, I was so poor, it was horrible. Um, I went to the hospital because I started to fucking hit myself in the head. I wanted to, oh, I pounded my head against the wall a few times because I feel like a freak saying this now, but whatever. I am a freak. Um, but I think we're all kind of freaks, especially after, um, being on Tinder and plenty of fish. I feel a little bit reassured about my uniqueness and my eccentricity because there's a lot of fucking freaks out there. Oh, my dog is snoring. Okay. So, um, the other thing is, is that I couldn't afford to go to like, you know, I was burning out. I was taking care of Craig, getting his meds. I had to get his meds before work, go to work, take the kids to work, school, then get to work, then come home and then make dinner and then take care of him and then take care of the dogs and then do cleanup and then do it all over again every fucking day. And I couldn't keep up with my house. We got bed bugs from my brother came or from a pillow from Value Village. I don't know, but it was a disaster. And then my house started to fall apart and Craig was too sick to help me with it. And I had no help and any help that I got, I had to pay for. And then we got ripped off a few times. I don't know. It's a, it's a shit. It's a, it's a shit, shit river of a story. Like it starts off really beautiful. <laughs> it's like gorgeous stream. And then we like go down Niagara Falls and it's fucking shit. Shit falling down the falls. Smashing onto Craig and I. Bobbing in the fucking Niagara River. Trying to swim upstream and shit river. And Craig drowned. But I think he drowned so that I could live. Sometimes that's what I think. Anyways, let's talk about safe beds. So if you got no place to go and you feel like you're going to lose your mind and you are afraid of hurting yourself because you're going to lose control or you just, you're just about to crack up, it doesn't matter who you are, um, male or female, you can go to safe beds in St. Catharines if you don't want to go to the hospital because the hospital was horrible. Like once I went and I said I wanted to be admitted, like I'm a caregiver and I have been forever, so it was really hard for me to be a patient and have mentally ill, really sick people who, like this guy, how am I for time? Ooh, this guy, uh, I'm going to tell this story and then I'm going to get off, I think. Tell two more stories. I met a man while I was waiting to be assessed from one of the psychiatrists in the hospital that night, and uh, he... It was just after Christmas. It was just after New Year's. It was just before the Charlie Hebdo Paris attack. It was fucking horrible. Uh, he had been, it was a Christmas party and he was playing the guitar and his girlfriend was like sitting with them. I don't know. And they were all singing and stuff and she died. And he had been an alcoholic for 20, like 20 years before. And then he met her and then he was sober. Like when I first saw him, I avoided eye contact because I didn't want to be a counselor. I just wanted to be fucking sick Lisa and like recover. <laughs> but I'm not an asshole. He asked me if he could sit with me and I said, yeah. So he talked to me and he told me he tried to kill himself. And uh, I realized that I could not stay in the fucking hospital because if I did, I was going to get worse scared the shit out of me. I could hear some girl screaming. She was getting interviewed and she was crying. So I told the nurse, I was like, excuse me, um, I changed my mind. I don't want to stay here anymore. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You have to now. So it's either here or safe beds. And luckily my friend Gianni that I work with, his wife worked he had talked to me about safe beds before, just casually, not knowing how sick in the head I am. Because he was giving me a uh, drive to work. He used to drive me to work every day. Johnny, you've been so good to us. Oh my God, you're a wicked man. Before Craig died, he helped me. And after Craig died, he helped me. 
driving me to work. It's just, I'm really grateful because I had to take the the transit and it was like an hour and it was expensive. It was really hard with the kids. So yeah, I'm kind of weeping because I'm grateful. But um, Johnny told me about safe beds. And uh, so I went there and like they made an action plan for me, which I already know. Like, you know, I'm well versed in my mental health. I know what I need to do. I just knew that I need to get it. I needed to get out of this house for a day. And my in-laws were pretty upset with me. Like, how could you leave Craig and the kids alone like that? You know, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Especially my sister-in-law. She was like really firm with my mother and father-in-law. Because I remember my father-in-law was upset with me in the car. And that was the first time he was ever upset with me. And I just felt like a fucking stupid little girl. But I love my father-in-law. He was just having a bad day. Like, he's generally really supportive of Craig and I. It was just bad. Anyways, safe beds. I got my own room. I was really lucky. And I stayed in that room. I came out to eat my meals. I took a shower. And I stayed in my room. And I read Naked by David Sedaris. And I watched the fucking roast of James Franco and then I went home and then as soon as I got home I had to go to the pharmacy to pick up Craig's meds and take care of the kids because we didn't have enough money then to send them to school in a cab so that was then that was then so if you feel like you're gonna lose your mind and you're gonna start cutting yourself or hit yourself in the head go to safe beds call quest go to safe beds Go to safe beds. I really recommend it. The, the hospitals, it's scary. And if it's sad, safe beds is sad too, though. It was so sad. I ate breakfast with these two women and we were all so fucking depressed. It was just the saddest breakfast I've ever had in my life, even after Craig died. And I was like the most privileged one there. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about funny people now. Okay, so, um,. It's hard to switch gears but um like I said I wanted to talk a little bit about arts and entertainment <laughs> so I already did all the heavy shit I'm done with that I'm only gonna talk for like five or ten more minutes and I'm gonna light up right now and have a drink because my throat is dry so it's Friday night in the big bad city of Welland, Ontario, Canada. Don't be jealous. I live in a very small house <laughs> in a very small city that people make fun of. But I don't care, I like it. Kiss my grits, bitches. Okay, so I want to talk about some of the people um, who inspired me to do my podcast aside from all the least reasons Bobby Lee Bert Kreischer fucking love him his laugh he sounds like Ricky Gervais when he laughs and I love Ricky Gervais um I liked I like Bobby Lee and Kalila together um they're good together Chris Delia fucking love him um he's a young young man but rather handsome and funny. Uh, enough about that. I love him. And uh, Molly Shannon, John Oliver. But those aren't the people. No, the people who influenced me to do a podcast really was Bobby Lee and Burt Kreischer. And I watched a lot of uh, Joe Rogan. I mean, I can't compare myself to any of them. But uh, just watching them... I realized that I wanted to talk. And then, of course, Ari Shafir. Um, like, I really like him, and I find him really attractive. And if this makes anybody uncomfortable that I'm a sexual being, then you should shut this off right now. Because I think he's super hot. But it's really funny that I know that he has hemorrhoids. Because <laughs> they were talking about his hemorrhoids. Fucking hilarious. But... Ari Shafir is super cool and I can't wait to see him. He's a little bit angry. I don't think I'd want to meet him. I have a fantasy of him, but I actually I'm kind of scared of him. He 
he's kind of an angry man um but i'm gonna see him um at the danforth music hall in april and i can't wait i have an extra ticket i don't know who i'm taking yet i was kind of hoping that a miracle would happen and i could take a guy or a girl who liked me in a special love way or not love way lust way but i don't think that's gonna happen not anytime soon um cha 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 so yeah i love okay so also my early influences in comedy i have to say the first thing i remember watching was carol burnett love the tarzan call and i can do it and i'm not doing it ever on this um catherine o'hara john candy martin fucking short i love everything that martin short does i love jiminy glick i can't stand how much i love jiminy glick he's he's such a fucking asshole <laughs> um andrea martin also an asshole love her uh john oliver i'd marry that guy he's so smart love the smart guys smart assholes uh bill Hader, big time crush and uh i like adam sandler too i just do i know his movies no i don't like all his movies but i like him i think he's a nice guy and i think he's funny and sweet so fuck you um i find that comedy and music help me keep going when i feel like i'm shutting down the podcast has helped i feel really good i was in a really good mood like it was like what's this feeling that i'm having what what is this feeling oh that's right happiness okay so quickly i just want to talk about some music that i've been listening to because like this is shit i used to talk to craig about but like I said, I'm lonely, desperate, and pathetic. I don't really have anybody to talk to, so I share what I can with my friends at whatever time I get to see them at work or we go out. Oh, that means I gotta get off soon. Okay, so I'm gonna say this quickly. I was really surprised when I fucking listened to Willow Smith and she sings this song called Boy. Uh i really beautiful shocked couldn't believe it felt kind of stupid but i loved it milky chance wicked songs flash junk mind sweet son i've been listening to i got these are songs that have been stuck in my head all week so milky chance gore downey east wind um oh my girls animal collective uh Merriweather, Post Pavilion, XTC, Senses Working Overtime, because that's how I feel. Um, the song called Drew Barrymore by the band SZA. I don't know how you say it. I don't know anything because I'm 46. And then uh, the band, the song is called Gangsta and the band is called Tune Yards, Addicted. And then one from the 90s that I love uh, it's by PJ Harvey. It's called Down by the Water. So if you're looking to try some different songs, different music, check that shit out. It's pretty good. So that's the end of my second podcast. And uh, I don't know what to say. That's it. Happy Saturday. Happy spring. Oh, also... Uh, it was World Down Syndrome Day last week, and I know so many wicked people with Down Syndrome. They enhanced my life so much. So I just want to say that. Yay! Goodbye. I said, I said goodbye. Close the door on a short night. Lift the lid on the daylight 6.09 West Tennessee time And I buy all my days At the same place where the girl sells her nights To God on ocean tides All night long Writing poems to California Melodies of failure 
and the people I have known Away, meanwhile, somewhere west of Carolina In a congregation of strangers, we're digging holes to China Then we pray to our reflections in the water when it rises I said headlights pin the highway down Jesus spins the world around And I'll spend all my tomorrows coming down Goodbye all my days I know I said I never loved you But I might just try again tonight Truck stops and river guides Gas stations of the past Following a ghost Following a ghost I pray the water wash away the memories and south to the sea along with your memories of me we are born in the water now we'll return to the colored lights and birthday cakes candle wax Paper plates. Breathe the water. Oh, hush by, hush by. You can see through water. Oh, way up to the sky. Gods of water, gods of rain, cover up the sun again. We are crossing it. Mississippi line And I tried all my days To love you just the way Hoped I might But I'm leaving here tonight I can't remember yesterday I tried If I said I could I lied 